Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
Hi, everyone. Welcome to um, Ebony Israel Talks. And it's also Thursday night, so we are talking about dating. <laughs> and I have a show for you tonight. This is Ebony Empress. Welcome, everyone, who's listening out there in the virtual world. Um, yeah, we have a show for you. I've got somebody on with me who's going to be talking about how to find Mr. Right. And um, if you've been listening to shows lately, you know <laughs> we've had some interesting shows. And so I've invited somebody on who's written a book and who I think can share some great information with you about how to kind of uncover um, the forbidden secrets around dating. Um, so I, I wanted to bring uh, Valerie J. Lewis in She's going to be talking to you. She's from the U.S., jo Valerie J. Lewis Coleman. So let me get that right. And, uh, yeah, feel free to call in. The number to call in is 347-945-7556, of course. And, or just join us in the chat room. I'll, I'll keep an eye on the chat room as well. And if you've got any comments there, of course, we'll bring them in. I'm glad to see some people already um, in my studio if you want to put your hand up and speak, we are here for the next hour and 24 minutes. So hang in there, guys. Okay, let me try and bring in our guest. I've got Valerie J. Lewis Coleman. Um, and let me bring her in. It's the first time I think we're actually speaking, so let me say hi. Hi, Valerie. Hello. I am here. Hi. How are you, doing? I'm wonderful. I'm doing Thank really you. Really well. Really well. Um, and everybody kind of knows me as Ebony. In the in the virtual okay. world, so yeah. <laughs> so it's Ebony Empress. But um, really great to speak to you. And I know um, we're going to have a great show because I know you've got loads to share. So I'm really really excited about what we're going to discuss tonight. I think it's going to yes. be really useful for our listeners. But to kind of get us started, just so we kind of get a real um, bit of an understanding of who you are and a background as to where you're from. Uh, do you want to tell people a little bit about yourself? Well, sure. I am, as you said, in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, the reason why I wrote The Forbidden Secrets of the Goodie Box was for the little girl in every woman, the little girl who felt that she, you know, her father wasn't there to pour into her, to teach her things about men. I was at a place in my life uh, where I was, you know, just confused about why men did what they did, why they said what they said, they promised to call. They didn't call. You know, so I was in a, in a place. So, you know, a lot of women can relate to that. And I'm sure oh, yeah. that they can relate to being, you know, at some point in their lives just totally disgusted, fed up just with men, not switching teams. I'm just saying I've just had enough of these men. And so when I reached that point in my life, I made some changes. And uh, I would say within a few weeks of making the changes, my husband literally came to my front door. So I quit oh, wow. looking for him. Yeah. I focused on me. I did a few other things, and bam, he was at my front door. It really kind of threw me, let's say. So right. so that's why right. I wrote the book. Yeah, to really, you know, help women make better relationship choices. Typically, as you know, Ebony, when we have issues with our men, we typically go to our mom, our girlfriends, or our sisters. And bless their hearts, try as they might. They only know what they know when it comes to men. Oftentimes they've had broken <laughs> hearts 
they have a skewed perspective, you know, and they're, they may join you in the pity party, but they won't necessarily be able to give you relationship advice from men about men. So yeah. I finally got to the place where I decided that if I want to learn about men, I'm going to talk to the men. So I started researching and studying and reading books and watching videos and, and observing and taking polls and surveys. And over the years, I was able then to create this list, Every Man's Private Marriage Checklist, which I'm offering to your listeners. All they have to do is go to my website, the goodyboxbook.com, and goody is spelled G-O-O-D-Y. They can go to thegoodyboxbook.com and go to any of the pages other than the home page, and they'll see the information for Every Man's Private Marriage Checklist. So I collected all this information, and I put it into a summary form, which is the checklist I'm offering to your listeners. And then I went a step further and said, let me put this into a book. So I composed it and compiled it into a book, which The Forbidden Secrets of the Goodie Box takes women on a journey of two single women and one married in their process of finding relational fulfillment by better understanding men. So I'm here to make women man whisperers. Mm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I think that sounds great. Okay, I'm kind of excited mm -hmm. to hear that because we've kind of <laughs> been on this show, we've been on our own little journey of kind of mm -hmm. discovery about what's going on with the opposite sex. So one mm -hmm. of my friends, Vicky and I, we have been um, doing some fantasy dating. I don't know if you, you're, you're in, you kind of know that concept or you've been introduced to it. But um, we had one of our guests on, Susie, some weeks ago, and she uh, came up with this game, which is a, a really brilliant game around um, looking uh, at how you can expand your dating world. But by okay. going out and actually meeting people, as many as you can, and, and dating, and treating it a bit like a game, really. But, mm -hmm. but in, the, in, you know, in the process, what you're doing is building your self-esteem and self-confidence, and you're understanding how not to take it too seriously, because I think sometimes right. that's a problem, that everybody's in it, like, I'm looking for my husband, and not everybody right. who's going to show up is going to be a husband type. So, uh, you know, it, it kind of prepares you for that and, and gets you out because a lot of people, I think, struggle with the actually going out and trying to meet people. Um, it, you know, and there's so many hidden fears, but you, you actually get to attack the fears um, when you're kind of looking at it as almost a fun thing and it's not too serious. And, and we, we shared last week how that those experiences were. So definitely you fit in with where we are right now. <laughs> Um, and and I love that you say in your little write-up um, that you shared with me that you, you really tell women how to win the heart of a, a Mr. Right, because I think that's good, because we, we all know the Mr. Wrong. So, right, it's like, exactly. who is the Mr. Right, and then how do you win the Mr. Right? So, in your eyes, and from the stories and the conversations you've been having with men out there, who would you call Mr. Right? Who would be a Mr. Right in your eyes? Well, and and what I tell my clients and in my workshops, Mr. Right is really Mr. Right for you because the man okay. who might be perfect for me may be absolutely awful for you because, you know, we as individuals are in different phases and different places in our life. 
So I tell women that what we're what we're trying to do is identify and attract Mr. Right for you. And that process, which some people don't want to do, like Ianla Van Sant, I'm not sure if you are familiar with her, but she yes. has a program called Fix My Life, and she says, do the work. So the first thing that I actually encourage uh, my clients to do is to do a self-evaluation. What are the type mm-hmm. of men you've been attracting? Because at the end of the day, you're attracting them. You may not like what you're attracting, but you're attracting them. So what type of men are you attracting? What is it about them you don't like? What is it about you that they like that's pulling you into them? And then figure out some other aspects of who you are. Because we are, you know, three-dimensional, we're a holistic, we're not just what we look like or what we sound like. So it's very important to really understand what it is that you desire in a mate and not just, you know, he's six foot tall and he's, brown chocolate and he's got nice wavy hair because that means my kids are going to have good hair. We're not talking about that kind of stuff. Of course, physical attraction oh. is important. But you know that's yeah, important now. Say, oh. Yeah. oh, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> part of it, but it's not all of it. And we don't, you know, we want no. to look, if you're looking for that loving, lasting, committed, monogamous relationship, you have to go deeper than just superficial appearance only. So... Right. Um, and to really know how to attract the person that's right for you, you have to understand you. You have to know how you give and receive love. You have to understand the triggers that set you off. You have to know your likes and preferences. And um, as I mentioned in the Forbidden Secrets of the Goody Box, you really have to sit down, and I know it sounds unromantic, but put a list together of your must-haves and your preferences. What is it that you absolutely the deal breakers in a relationship. So so for me, because I had children, I wanted a man who had children. Well, somebody else might say, I don't want a man with kids because I don't want all the headache that comes along with it. Or I already have my children. I don't need any more. You know, so everyone is different. So really sit down and assess what your must-haves are and look at then your preferences. Kind of like if you think about a... Uh, application for a job, there are certain criteria that you must have for that position, and then there are some um, features or characteristics or qualities that you can have, skills that are just bonuses. So you want to identify that, and what I tell my, my ladies is to make sure you do that before you get into a relationship. Because if you wait when you're in the relationship and you're feeling all ooey gooey and mushy because he said all the right things makes you feel the right way, all you're going to see is the good stuff. You're not going to Mm -hmm. notice the little things, the subtle things that would normally be alerts to you. You're not going to really pay so much attention to them because you're focusing on the other stuff. So it's very important Mm -hmm. to have this list together. And, you know, of course you don't walk around when you're on a date and go through the checklist, okay, check, 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 nope, X, X. We're not saying do that, but it's just an opportunity for you to then sit back and reflect upon how this person falls in line with whom you feel is your ultimate mate. Okay. So is it important to for someone to make you feel a certain way? Because um, I don't know. I, I Is that important? You know, it's because imp- how somebody mm-hmm. makes you feel can can be a real, uh, for some women, okay, 
So mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of my girlfriends who I might talk to, and I'll say, okay, you know, kind of check this guy out in a certain way, see what you think, and look at the list of what whether it, there's alignment or not, which I think is what you're alluding to. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know there may be an alignment in a lot of areas, but, you know, at the point of feeling, and we are feeling beings, particularly females, okay, um, mm-hmm. you're not feeling it. What do you do when you're not feeling it, or they oh now um there's you know that person's not making you feel like, hey, there's a chemistry that makes me you know want to jump your bones or whatever if if that's not there what what do you what do you what do you do because it it can make a big difference right, well, you definitely don't want to force anything. What we have to understand is women because we always believe that we see the potential in him and I can pull that out. We are not um, expert problem solvers to the point where we can change other people because if we were so influential in changing others, we would make changes in ourselves to attract the kind of people we want. But what we have to do is, um, you know, if you're not physically attracted, if there's no chemical excitement um, you can't force it. Now, sometimes those type of feelings come in time. You know, you may, I have a, a friend who met this guy, and he was just not her type physically. He wasn't a bad-looking guy. He just, you know, wasn't her type. But he was persistent. He was a quality man, and he he spoke to her in a way, and I, when I say spoke to her, I mean his actions and his words, spoke to her in a way that she felt empowered when she was with him. Um, and not that she wasn't already powerful, but he, he added, he complimented to her. You know, if you're, as a woman looking for a man to, to be in a relationship with, we shouldn't be looking for someone who's going to make us whole or complete us or make us better. You should be in a place where you are complete, whole, and better so that you can attract that type of person, for one, and so that once you get into a relationship with him, you both are bringing like energy to the relationship. So if you're only half a person and you're trying to attract half a person, it doesn't make one complete relationship. It makes a big mess because mm. no one is no one is really in a, in, a, in a sound place to be effective in a relationship. So, you know, your car is not working, you call him for a ride, and then you remember, that's right, he is catching the bus to work every day. So he's not in a position to do anything for you because he doesn't have his stuff together yet, you know, himself. So it's important to not only set your expectations for what you want from him, but you also need to be in the place where you're bringing like energy to the relationship. So... Don't be a woman on public assistance expecting to marry a millionaire and think that he's going to take you out of the ghetto. Do you all have ghettos in London? Yeah, we do. Oh, okay. we do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, and, and you have to have that mentality. So if you're trying to attract a certain type of man, you need to be able to put out that kind of energy. So what I, you know, I tell my um, ladies all the time, don't wait for a man to come along. If you want to travel the world, don't wait for some man to hopefully sweep you off your feet and take you around the world. You start traveling now if that's your life desire. For all you know, he may very well be in some faraway country waiting on you to come see him. 
Yeah. But you're sitting at home twiddling your thumbs, hoping that someday some man will rescue you from this, you know, drudgery and the and the and the just being in the dumps. And you're hoping somebody's going to come and pull you out of that. But more likely than not, you're not going to be in the same circle of influence he's in. So he won't find you. He can't find you. Mhm. That is true. So we have to, that is true. we have to put ourselves in a position to be found. But again, if there's no physical attraction, you can't force it. Okay. Agreed. Um, so the other thing that people may be concerned about is, okay, you said you've got to be found. I mean, I've had other people who come on and on this show and they say, you need to go and look for the person that you want to share your life with because um, it's not going to come to you. What do you feel about that? I mean, you know, what's the difference in the way that you, the difference in the way that you see you know, finding a relationship. I know your husband turned up at your door, but mm-hmm. that's, there's, there's a lot of women waiting for Boaz, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and Boaz ain't showing up. Right. So and what, here's what I what say to them. Think? Here's what I say to those women who are looking for their Boaz. If you are spending your time looking for him instead of getting yourself in a good place, you're going to miss him. Mm-hmm. Just like the children of Israel miss their king because they were looking for the one who looked good as opposed to the one who had the qualities that they needed, they missed the boat. And then my other question is, how has that been working for you? If you've been looking for him and you've run into all these crazy guys and the wrong type of guy, then that's not working for you. What what we have to understand as women is that men desire the hunt. They crave the hunt. That's, they want to be in pursuit of a woman. They don't want the woman they can live with. They want the woman they can't live without. And so she is the one who is elusive. She is the one who is mysterious. She is the one who makes him want to do better and be better. She is the one who um, sets herself apart from other women. And oftentimes that comes in having, you know, being a woman of confidence, being a woman of um, integrity, you know, and not settling. So mm. I don't recommend for women to go looking for men because when you look for it, you find it, and what you often find is the mess. So mm. if you let him pursue you, and if you know, if you think about in nature, um, in most in most um, animal kingdom, most of the animal kingdom, the male actually does the work to attract the female. He puts on the show. He has the bright plumage. He's you know fighting the other guys. And she's sitting back waiting so that she can make the choice. The reason being, as, you know, as in the animal kingdom, so it is for mankind, it's because it's a natural desire for a man to want to select the woman whom he feels will be a good mother to his children, you know, a good wife to him, you know, do all the things that he's looking for. And he needs to find that woman. So he's on the search. But if you're busy as a woman on the search looking for him, you're going to mess up the system because when it comes to dating, think about a rabbit and a bear. If you were in the forest and you happened to see a rabbit chasing a bear, you would say, something's wrong with that picture. Why is this bear intimidated by this little rabbit? And what makes this rabbit think, you know, it can go after this bear and, and be successful? So when women go and pursue after men, what we're doing is we are shifting the game. Now, I'm not saying okay. sit at home and wait for him to come because, you know, that doesn't happen for every everyone. That happened for me. It doesn't happen for everybody. But what I'm saying is 
do the things in life that are important to you. Do the things in life that fulfill you, make you happy, make you a better person. You know, do those things for you, and in the process of doing those things, he'll find you. You, what you're doing is you're putting yourself in a position to be found. So I don't know if your other guests were saying not so much go look for him. Hey, are you the guy? Are you the guy? Because then to a man, there's a level of desperation. There's a level of neediness that mm-hmm. is perceived there. And if in your search, if you're so desperate and needy for a man that you compromise your standards and you say, okay, well, these were my criteria, but, you know, okay, I really wanted a guy with two legs. He only has one. He'll work. You know, if you start compromising your standards, then, you know, eventually you're going to become dissatisfied with that relationship. And you'll 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 find that I've wasted a year, two years, three years on this guy, and he's not the right guy for me. This isn't going to work long term. You know, so you want to, one, take your time, know what you want, and then position yourself to be the kind of woman that that type of man would want. And so it's not so much about looking for him as it is preparing yourself to be in a place that when he is ready to start looking, that he finds you. And for, um, you know, a lot of men, all men aren't dogs. You know, I have my women say, well, all men are dogs. You know, you can't trust them. All of them are going to cheat. They're no good. Every man I've ever dated, blah, blah, blah. And the first thing I say to them is, okay, what's the common thread? What's the common factor in all the men you've dated? Well, all of them cheated on me. All of them, okay, but okay, let's dig a little deeper. What else was common in common with all the men that you dated? Well, they all, you know, they all looked a certain way. That okay, well, let's dig a little deeper, you know. And they're they're missing the point. The point is, and like I say to them, the common thread in the men that you've been dating is that you are the common thread. You're doing something to attract the kind of men you don't want. So right. to figure out what you want in a man, if the ones you're dating are not what you want, figure out what's important to you. What do you want? That's where that list comes in. Then identify what it is that you're doing to attract the type of men you don't want because you're going to have to do something differently. I I made changes. I made changes. I came to the point where I decided I've got to do something different. This is not working. And I have to be honest with you, um, Ebony, my philosophy on men was if I love him and he loves sex and I give him sex, then he'll love me. Wrong. Oh, no, that don't work. That don't work. Yeah, it sure doesn't. It does not work. <laughs> but how many women think that because I can do the splits and somersaults and I can jump off of the chandelier no. and I can do no. but that's what a lot of them think. <laughs> they really yeah. think that, you know, my goodie is better than her goodie and that's all it takes, but but what oh, we have yeah. to understand about men is that, again, they want the hunt. They want the woman who makes them wait, who puts them in pursuit, because that tells them multiple things. But, you know, one of the things that uh, the men would tell me is that if I have a woman who is easy, and when I say easy, we're talking about sex, if I, you know, if I can get with her, you know, within the first two or three days, she's easy, that tells me that, first of all, a lot of other men have probably been there, no man wants that for his wife. Um, if I got it that easily, how else, you know, it's probably going to be that easy for the next guy. You know, because no man wants to walk into a room with his with his boo or his wife and, you know, all the men are looking and oogling and googling and, and not because she's beautiful or because, you know, she walked in and the whole atmosphere of the room changed. No, they're looking at her because they're all having flashbacks of all the stuff she used to do with them. No man wants to walk in the room 
and have every man or two or three men who has who has been, you know, um, sexually involved with his woman. Men are very territorial when it comes to their women. They can cheat all day long, but you better not cheat. So if you find a man whom you, you know, or if a man finds you whom you really think is, is that guy, one of the things I tell my women to make sure that you do differently is to delay intimacy. And I know a lot of women don't want to hear that, but I'm telling you this is what the men told me. And when you, if they pull that um, Every Man's Marriage checklist off of my website, they'll find that was one of the things that the men kept saying. A lot of, uh, of them wanted a woman, they didn't say virgin, but they wanted a woman who um, made them wait. If I have to be out of town for a few weeks on business, do I have to be afraid that she's going to give herself to someone else because mm. she's she's easy like that? I, I, I don't feel comfortable leaving my wife, you know, overnight because, you know, she's going to have Billy, John, and Joe over in the time I'm gone. No man wants that. So what we have to understand as women is that men tend to fall in love one to three times in their lifetime. Women, and this is the average, tend to fall in love 10 to 15 times. So, and the reason being is because God designed us as emotional creatures. And, of course, you know, love is an emotion. And not to say that men are not emotional, but most women are more emotional or more expressive of their emotions than men. We fall in love faster. Not that we fall in love any harder, we just fall in love faster than men. So as a result, we fall in love more often than men. A man will typically fall in love. And when I say fall, you know, I'm talking about love. He would stand in front of a semi-truck for her, and he's willing to commit his life to her and take all the other phone numbers and throw them away and get rid of all the other women. He only gets to that place one to three times in his life. So what women have to understand is that if you are um, in love with him, even if you're in love with him, don't rush the process. Take your time. Mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it takes men longer to fall in love than it does women. Why is that? Well, for one, men are logical. They are less brain, and again, this is for the majority, not all men. They are less brain, which means they can compartmentalize their feelings. So while you're all ooey-gooey, mushy, I love him, I love him, I love him, to him it's just about the sex. That's why a man could be married and cheat and tell, him, tell his wife, well, baby, it didn't mean anything, it was just sex. Because to him that's just a physical thing. It wasn't emotional. I wasn't connected to her emotionally. I just, you know, had to get this monkey off my back. But for women, sex is a very emotional thing. So for women, we tend to um, fall in love. He'll say the right things, make us feel a certain way. Then our heart gets involved, and then once our heart is involved, we're ready to give him our all. We're ready to give him our goodie. However, men process differently. Men are visually stimulated first. And, and then they go to their goodie. So if they like what they see, they're ready to knock the bottom out of it, and they could care less about what you feel and how you feel, and I'm not calling you, yeah, give me your number, but after this I'm not calling you because you, we haven't let their hearts get engaged. We haven't made him hunt, pursue, chase, be a challenge, mystery, seductive. We haven't given him that opportunity to let his heart get engaged because we jumped from from – dating into the bed. So we're giving boyfriends, and sometimes they're not even boyfriends, they're just acquaintances, husband privileges, and he didn't have to put in any work. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what my listeners are thinking. 
um, listening in uh, to what you're saying. Um, and I guess, uh, so that perspective, is that a man's perspective or is that your own thinking? You know, that that point of view, did that come from the conversations you had with men or is that the view that you've come to? On your that own? actually came from the conversations and the studies and the surveys I have with men. I do workshops quite a bit and I will ask the men in the workshops, you know, what do you think of a woman who gives herself to you early on in a relationship or, you know, what are the characteristics you're looking for? So, you know, that's feedback I'm getting all the time. And from my personal experience, that was one of the changes that I made. I'm like, I'm done giving myself to these men. I'm loving them. They're not loving me. I'm done. So when I made that commitment to myself and to God, that's when my husband appeared because I was no longer looking. I was focused on yeah. me. I'm not chasing him. I'm not thinking about him. If he comes, cool. If he doesn't, I'm going to be all right. And then the other thing, the other aspect of it is the biblical aspect. The Bible says a man who finds a wife finds a good thing. Finds a good thing. He doesn't tell. Yeah, he doesn't tell the woman to go looking. So, yeah. you know, so if you think about it, and or the Bible even tells, you know, a man shall leave his wife, I mean, leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. So it's saying what the man is supposed to do. The woman is sitting back, waiting to be wooed, waiting to be pursued, and that's the order. That's God's order, That and that's really, when you think about it, when you talk to men, that's men's order. Now, of course, if you're going to give a man a goodie, he's not going to, typically he's not going to turn it down because, you know, God made some good stuff. They love it, you know, and we love giving it to them, but... If you're looking for that committed monogamous relationship, you've got to do some things differently. Mm, true. Very true. Okay, so interesting, interesting point of view. That's interesting. Um, and I, I relate it, I kind of relate it to the write-up that we've got for you. And one of the things I thought was interesting in your write-up was also that you said, um, you know, how to you were talking about you how to win the heart of a man or or mm-hmm. a heart of Mr. Right. So in winning the heart of Mr. Right, is that part of that sitting back and the wooing? So what's the thing? Because it sounds like to win the heart of someone would be a proactive mm-hmm. kind of action. So mm-hmm. where is the action for the woman in in the winning of a man's heart, or is it well the, the action it? for yeah, the action for the woman is is building her confidence, building her self-esteem, doing the work. You know, what is right. uh, the five, you know, there's something in the book called the five love languages. I mentioned it in the goodie box book. What are the triggers that let you know that you're feeling loved? What are your communication styles? Are you able to effectively communicate your needs and desires? Because we as women, we, you know, want our men to read our mind. He should know how I feel. He should know what I want. You know, but men aren't mind readers. So how do you communicate with men? You know, do you have any unresolved, deep-rooted issues from your childhood? Your father wasn't there. You know, you weren't treated well. You You know, you were brought up in a foster home or you were bullied by kids. You know, lots of times we have a lot of deep rooted stuff in us that comes out oftentimes unbeknownst to us, comes out in the weirdest times and it may cause us to um, react negatively to someone who is totally innocent 
in whatever the situation may be, but because you've got some deep-rooted stuff that you haven't gotten resolved, haven't even um, acknowledged that exists, then you're going to take that stuff into a relationship. So it's it's about checking my baggage. It's really about, it's not so much about what do I need to do to get to him, what do I need to do to make me better. And in making yourself yeah. better, you will attract him. So, you know, getting rid of the of the mess that's inside, you know, when I do workshops, I even have the women write down the names of all the men with whom they have given themselves. And, you know, for some women it's one or two. For some women it's 10 or 20. Because what happens is when we give ourselves to a man, because we typically, as women, we are emotionally connected to him before we even have sex with him, we've given him a piece of us. Physiologically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and we need to get that back. So, you know, how many women are actually going through an exercise where they are purging themselves of these men who have a piece of their heart, a piece of their mind? You know, so how many times have you, you know, dated a guy and years later you see him and you still get a little flutter? Or when you hear a certain song, you think about this guy. Or you're walking down the street, you see this car, it reminds you of so-and-so's car. Those That means he oh, still wow. has a piece of you, and you've got to release that, you know, to be able to be effective in the next relationship. So that's that's the type of thing that she can be to be proactive. Focus on you. Get you ready. Like, uh, okay, the Bible talks about the ten virgins. You have five who are wise and five who are foolish. What was the difference? They were all virgins. The difference was five of them were ready. They prepared their lamps. They were awaiting you know, arrival. They didn't just sit there and wait on him to come. They were actively, busily getting ready. Another thing um, that I did was, uh, and the Lord, he actually spoke to me, and he was like, okay, so you're ready to be married. I was I was 30 years old. I put the cart before the horse. I already had the children. I had the car, the house. I had the degrees. You know, I did all that stuff. I didn't have the husband. And the Lord said to me, okay, so... You're telling me that you want a husband. You don't even know what I want for you, so how are you going to recognize him? Oh, okay. So that said to me, I need to do some deep, not the superficial stuff, but I really have to really need to dig deep and look at what is God's expectation for marriage? What does he expect from the husband? What does he expect from the wife? What does he expect as a, from us as a couple? So I really started spending time searching the scriptures. You know, putting things together, adding pieces to the puzzle, you know, and not just the, the, you know, the two become one flesh and it's better to marry than to burn, but really digging into the the proverbial uh, woman. You know, what were her characteristics and qualities that made her so attractive to her husband? You know, what does Ephesians 5 say? It tells women, women, um, respect your husbands or reverence your husbands, and men love your wives as Christ loved the church. Why in the world? Does God have to tell us to love or tell the men to love their wives? And why does he tell women to respect or reverence your husband? It's because of the way we were designed. He designed women to be loving, emotional, kind, nurturing. That's why we do what we do for our kids. That's why when celebrities say, I want to thank my mom, that's because the mom was there, you know, through the emotional stuff. She really poured into him. And so we we love first, and we tend to give respect second. Whereas for men, their primary motivator, and again, this is a, a a majority thing, you know, there's always some outliers who don't fall into that category, but for the majority of men, they prefer respect, 
Not that they don't want to be loved, but their primary is respect. So God had to tell me, you have to love her. I designed her to want love. You have to love her. And she t- and he tells us, I designed him for respect. You must respect him. So if we are, you know, the woman with the, the head rocking, goose neck, hands on hip, tongue lashing, finger in face woman, when we are upset with our man, that's disrespectful to him. And when a man is disrespected, he tends to walk away. So when he walks away, what do most women do, Ebony? What do they do? I don't know. What do they, they do? They walk behind him. <laughs> you know, when a man walks away from most women, they're going to turn around and walk behind him. Wait a minute. You can't walk away from me. That's unloving. Don't walk away from me. I'm, yeah, oh. I'm not saying And they keep yapping. And so he turns and walks away. But And here's what it is. Because she did something that was disrespectful, he responded in the way that she perceived was unloving. And because she felt his love for her was in jeopardy, now she's in pursuit. Okay, I got to make sure that I didn't mess this thing up. And she continues after him, which is more disrespectful to him. If we stop and think about it, the same energy that we give to our men at times, the energy that we give to our men with all the in his face and disrespect and you this and you that, and I, that same energy, if a man came to him with like energy, Nine times out of ten, they're going to fight. Oh, there's going to be some face-to-face, wait a minute, bro, you don't get to talk to me like that. However, when a man loves his woman, when she comes at him like that, instead of him hitting her, becoming abusive, if he loves her, he turns to walk away. It's not, a, it's not because he doesn't love her. It's because he does love her. I don't want to bust her in her face. Let me go walk away. But when you go and pursue mm. him, you're not giving him the opportunity to process how he's feeling and to be able to clear his mind so that you can have a candid, comfortable adult conversation. Okay. Okay. That's very interesting. Um, So what is the preparation that men have to do? Because I think what I hear from sisters, right, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I hear the story for women and, and what you women should be doing, but what I hear from a lot of sisters is that they are doing the work. Okay, they do the work. Probably every development event I go to, the majority of people in there are women. Okay, mm-hmm. um, women in their late thirties, women in their forties, women in their fifties, doing mm-hmm. the work, developing mm-hmm. themselves over and over again. Mm-hmm. I think what I hear is that when the women look for the guy to share their life with, that the guys they meet are ill-prepared for for a woman that has been working on herself, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you you get in there and you've done that work, exactly what you said. I did all my preparation before. I had the house, I had the car, I had the, Mm -hmm. you know, I I went to school and I'm educated and these men are intimidated. Like, no, I'm not interested in your education. I'm not interested in who you are. I'm not interested in what what you've done and what you've achieved. I'm not interested in any of that. All of that is not important to me. I just want to, I'm going to, in fact, I don't know, I guess what what I hear is that it almost becomes a conflict um, Mm -hmm. for you to be that presented, well presented, because men kind of find it almost intimidating. Um, to be around a woman who's done the work or doing the work. And Mm -hmm. um, I I wonder what you say to those women, because 
that that's what I hear again and again. We're doing mm-hmm. the work, and when we meet guys, they're doing no work. They're walking around with their baggage hanging out, and remember, their baggage is going to be far greater than ours, okay? Mm-hmm. Women are starting to change their behaviors now around sexual behavior and all the rest of it, but we're still a long way away from these guys who from the age of maybe, what, 12, 13, they, they're mm-hmm. at their biggest ambition in the world of men is to get as much as they can, right? Right. So what happens to all the, you know, all the, the bodies um, in the graveyard? What happens to all of those that are unburied? Some that, are, you know, very fully clothed. <laughs> you know, what what happens right. to their baggage? What happens and how do you, what do you do with them? Well, and I, and I will say now, I don't know if your audience is, is predominantly African-American, but or, or not African-American. Uh, no, they're British Negro. as well and so okay. different places. Okay. Yeah. Well, so from that statistic, when it comes to, to uh, men of color, especially um, black men, or let me speak to the men in America, what we have found okay. is statistically women um, of color who – um, are, for one, least likely to marry outside of their ethnicity. So, in other words, black women prefer black men. But mm-hmm. then here in America, again, a lot of the statistics are black men, there is a high rate of HIV. There's a significant rate of men who are incarcerated. There's a significant right. uh, portion of men who are homosexual. Now, that's not all men, you know, but that's a good portion of them. So, statistically, based on what the uh, national average was, they said a, a black woman is only 8%, a black woman over, I think, 30 years old has an 8% chance of marrying a black man. So, wow. But if you let those, but if you let those st- statistics halt you, then you're in trouble. Now, here's, here's the thing. So how many of those women have been open to dating outside of just black men? Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to start. That's a whole other conversation. I'm just saying that's another there's another pool, there's a whole pool of men out there who may not share the same uh, genealogy or same, you know, similar bloodline. That's one thing. Um, some women, when they do reach those status levels, they do become more aggressive. Not all. They become aggressive. They become dominant and uh, um, very demanding. So if you are unable to take your professionalism, your degrees and, you know, your education, your money, if you're unable to take that and uh, be soft when it comes to him, like, the, again, back to the virtuous woman, to be able to be soft, you, you, can, you can be all things. You just can't be all things at the same time. So if you're able to take off that, you know, corporate hat or whatever and, and then still be the kind of woman that he wants, because at the end of the day, if he's intimidated, then that means you're not, he's not the right guy for you, so don't waste your time with him. Mm. So... You know, at the end of the day, and and, and for me, because I, um, I I was in that boat. I was um, um, had an undergraduate degree, had a master's degree. Again, had the house, the car, was an engineer, senior engineer, making really good money. And a lot of men were intimidated. So I did have that struggle. I did have to, you know, make some adjustments. And 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 so I said, well, maybe my standards are too high. Maybe I won't meet a guy who makes the same amount of money I do, has the same level of education I do. Let me, you know, be a little more open. Now, in my openness, I met some real losers. Let me let me say that. But I, you know, I didn't want to because I didn't have a list. You know, I didn't have that list together. I met. I mean, I dated 
pizza delivery guys. I dated guys who were in between jobs, air quotes going on here. Um, And then I met guys who were professionals. But at the end of the day, the common thread with all of them was me. Because even the guys who were professionals, we just weren't compatible. Because I had reached a place where I was just kind of, okay, I just, I'm just i just ready to get married. I'm, I'm kind of in this, I want to say desperate mode. I was coming on 30 years old, you know, and, and, oh, my God, that's old maid age. And I would like to have another child, and my eggs are going to start drying up soon. You know, going through all of these emotions, <laughs> letting my, letting my yeah. emotions dictate the type of man I date, so even though I had it together, I wasn't positioning myself to meet the kind of men who would be attracted to that. So what I what I would say to those women is, you know, don't stop doing you because that particular guy is intimidated. He's not ready. The man who is ready for you, yeah. you haven't met him yet. So because there are men okay. out there who are, you know, at the level of of maturity where maybe he doesn't have the level of education you have is. Um, loving and kind and nurturing, you know, he'll be a great father, he's respectful, he, he goes to church, he loves the Lord, he, he honors you as his queen, you know, he doesn't necessarily make, you know, $100,000 like you do, but he has every other aspect in place, so it, does that mean he doesn't qualify? You know, so if, if money mm-hmm. is more important to you than having someone who's going to love and respect you, then you need to reevaluate, in my opinion, you might want to do some reevaluation because you can marry the man with the money and he be unfaithful, he mistreats you, he mistreats your kids, you know. So you really, mm-hmm. it's, really, it's again about knowing the type, of man, the type of man you want, the type of man you desire, and if you're attracting these guys who are intimidated, make some adjustments. And, again, I know it sounds like I'm putting all the responsibility on the women. I'm not. I'm, I'm speaking to the women because the men – they are the ones who should be doing the choosing. So Yeah, but know, I, I don't think it happens that way. I think in a lot of men's minds now, mm-hmm. it's the women who are making the choice and that the women at the end of the day make the choice. And even though um, I think originally it was the men that made the choice, that the, the world has changed in mm-hmm. a way, in such a way that now I don't think men maybe as emasculated men, and now they don't feel mm-hmm. like they are doing the choosing. And so they, they don't even want to make the choice as to what you're going to eat in a restaurant, for God's sake. Like, mm-hmm. but it's, right. it's that kind of thing. Um, how do you uh, revert to something? And I think the Bible's a good place to talk about relationships, but I don't think people are looking at relationships from a business biblical standpoint mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. may be the difficulty in people kind of hearing some of the things that you're saying um i i'd love to hear from the guys who are on my line i've got about four guys which i can okay. see and Uh-oh, i know who they go. are right and and they are <laughs> sitting on my switchboard i'm like put your hand up i want to know what you think do you think that men choose uh and are they able to choose in 2015 um, in a relationship, you know, as to selection, you know, actually being the person who says, I want this or that, or are you guys sitting back and letting the women choose you? Say, hey, now they're coming in. Right. So <laughs> let me bring someone in. <laughs> okay. okay. So 229, welcome to the show. It's good. It was good. 
Yes, good. How are you? I'm great. Can't complain. How about yourself? All the better for speaking to you. So, is that Freddie? Yeah. Hi, Freddie. How you doing? Oh, no, 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 no. This is uh, Reese from Georgia. Ah, I thought it was Freddie. Okay. I, I know Freddie's on there somewhere because he messaged me. But hi, Reese. How you doing? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah I'm good. Can you say? Good. So did you hear my question? Did you hear my question? Have you been listening to the conversation? Uh, I just tuned in probably uh, yeah, five or six minutes ago. Um, but to the question, uh, you know, women women choose sex and men choose marriage. So um, I see it. When it comes to sex, women have the choice. When it comes to marriage, it's the man's choice. Okay. So um does the sex get in the way of the marriage choice or what happens when it comes to choosing because there are not many men who are choosing marriage anymore. What what do you think is getting in the way of that choice? Oh, oh no, I mean it's a, a a number of things I think uh you know what I'm saying. One is 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 definitely, you know, men just not wanting some men just not wanting to uh, settle down because they can first, uh, you know, as the old saying go, you know, they can get the the milk for free. So why buy the cow? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some of that going on. Then there's some of, uh, I think, men, men, men not being in a position where they feel like they are qualified to be married, right? So it's just like, uh, it's like, well, kind of like, I wouldn't mind being married, but I don't think my money's my my money's straight enough, or I'm not where I, I want to be enough in life to say I want to get married. Okay, okay. So, as as the numbers of marriage are going down, the numbers of people who are getting married are so kind of depleting daily and. Now we have a very small number of people who will do it. I think um, maybe celebrities are still doing it because they're okay. Uh, You know, maybe they can afford the divorces. I don't know if that's a possibility. But in terms of like a lifetime commitment, um, do do guys nowadays ever think about that or is that very far from your mind when you're dating a woman? Oh... Well, for me, I definitely think about it, um, and but I mean, like to me, there's a few different mindsets, you know, because like like for me, I have what I call the the builder's mindset, you know, and so I'm all about building the family and building the black community and you know progressing and making that striving to make the black community a better place. And then some some people are selfish, you know what I'm saying? So some people are just all about themselves. So this is all about, you know, them attempting to uh, amass just a whole bunch of, you know, material possessions, you know, big house, fancy car, you know what I mean, like like that type of thing. And, and that's really all on their agenda. It's like how can and, – and they're kind of like that also – with relationships, it comes to where how can this person help me get this this uh, you know this big house and this fancy car that I want because that's my life goals. Mm. 
Because mm. that help a brother thing is a big thing, you know, um, for women. Um, Valerie, uh, you know, that whole thing of brothers needing sisters to help them out. You know, we, we're always being encouraged to help mm-hmm. a brother out, right? Mm-hmm. Help him mm-hmm. to achieve yeah. success. Help him to feel that he's got his, you know, his rightful place wherever it is he wants to be, that he gets there. Um, I think there's a lot of sisters who who feel like I, I've had enough of doing the help a brother out. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I really yeah, want yeah, men okay. who who want to fight to to make whatever it is, um, you know, to really want to do it and and fight hard to get it. And if we're going to get involved. Um, we get on the back of that in terms of supporting, finishing the whole process and giving the, bringing the kids and everything else to the process. But, you know, that real zeal and desire is is about a man, not about a woman. Well, what do you think, Valerie? Well, again, and I love the points that, that your uh, listener brought up because he, he basically said, you know, we don't, we don't want you to delay the intimacy type thing. And it's not just about the money. So, um, but as Sorry, far as women, Sorry. women, we good we tend to in, oh, that's okay. Yeah, in yeah. a relationship, um, most women are looking for protection and security. That's what we look for. Right. So, like he was saying, you know, if a man is at a place where he doesn't feel financially able to take care of her, and, and it's not so much about you know. Um, being able to afford the million dollar home, it's just the basic necessities. If he doesn't feel he's in that place, he's not he's not, you know, ready to be married. So maybe the men okay. who are intimidated is not so you know, they could just be in a place where they're not ready. Because just you know, just like at any point in time in your life, if you go back and look at maybe when you were twenty years old as a woman, you weren't necessarily ready to be married at twenty. There were some things no. that had to go on, some changes and some adjustments that had to be made in your life. Like you said, a lot of men, they you know, they want to sow the royal oath. They want to get all they can before they commit because when they commit, they mm-hmm. want to do it the right way and they don't want to, you know, step out on her. So they want to get all that out of their system, you know, and, and men don't want to appear vulnerable. So, you know, he doesn't want to uh, be in a relationship and, and feel that he's with, an, with a woman who has it all, so to speak. He doesn't want to feel as though um, she's overpowering him. You know, men want to be wanted and needed. Men are fixers. So if you come along and you got everything in order, and now again, I'm not saying to not do these things. I'm saying it's the way you present yourself because, you know, we have to learn how to uh, stroke our man's ego. I know a lot of women don't want to do that, but men need to know that they are needed. They need to know that they are appreciated. That's part of that whole respect thing. So we have to, and as women, we have to get to the place where we understand what they need and want. Whether you make a million dollars a year or $5,000 a year, if you're not giving him what he needs and wants, it's not going to matter to him. He won't stay in that relationship. Because when a man is ready to marry, he is serious about looking. He's done all he wanted to do with other women. He's experienced all he experienced in life. He's got his money together. He's got his own place. He is ready to commit to this woman, start a family with her because her, 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 you know, what some men don't even realize when they're looking at a woman, um, they are looking at her and sizing her up to see if her hips show that she would be a good, uh, able to bear children. You know, the width of a hip indicates something to men. 
you know, the length of hair, the color of hair, all that stuff says something to a man when he's looking for the woman he wants to commit to. Now, if he just want to jump in the, he don't care if he's just trying to get with you. But if he's committed to looking into, um, well, he's looking for that wife, he's on a mission, then what you'll find is that man is not going to spend a lot of time. He's not going to waste his time. If you don't meet the criteria, if he doesn't feel he can take you home to mama, he doesn't feel you the quality woman he needs for a wife, he's not going to spend a lot of time on you. But we as women, we look at, again, we look at his potential. He doesn't have everything I like. He got, you know, he's pretty good. So I'm going to work with him for a while and see what happens. So we spend our years trying to fix somebody from potential, taking them from potential energy to kinetic energy. And in the meantime, we're, we missed out on who was really waiting for us and ready for us. We can't we can't be so so um, dead set on finding the right guy right now that we compromise our standards, we settle, and we put ourselves in positions where you know we're we're not happy. Okay, so so you attract a man. I have some I have some clients who have been don't have a problem finding a man. They've been married five times. They have a problem keeping him. Keeping him. Yeah, they, not finding they do him, all the right stuff him. to win him over. Plenty out they there. Plenty yeah, out. Right. They, but they don't do what it takes to keep him. And, again, that goes back to him feeling wanted, him feeling needed, him feeling appreciated. Yeah, yeah we have to stroke their egos. I had a hard time with that because my whole thing was I was a single mother for 12 years. I could cut my own grass. I took care of my car. The toilet needed fixing. Mm-hmm. I could fix that. So when my husband came along, and he, you know, was doing these things. I was like, okay, good. That's what you're supposed to do. But he needed to hear me say, babe, I appreciate you going to work every day. I am so grateful that you protect, you know, those are the type of things that would uh, make him um, feel more manly, so to speak. And, again, every man is different, but they need to mm-hmm. feel appreciated. They need to feel loved and respected. Okay. Well, I've got somebody, a man who wants to speak and bring him in. <laughs> Um, two zero nine. Welcome to the show. Hello, Ebony. How are you? This is Freddie. Hey, Freddie. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Um, I just wanted to say back to uh, what your guest was talking about. It, about twenty minutes ago, I think she when she said like when a man's walking away and he's trying to mm-hmm. process these feelings. I noticed for me personally when there's something that I need to because men. I don't know how often men try to translate their feelings into so sorry into words, but it mm-hmm. um basically it, I noticed it for me it it it's kind of like it takes um a while for me to translate like what sit down with myself and these feelings that like if I was had interaction with a female, I have to sit down and be isolated so I can just kind of rationalize, okay, what was I feeling? So I can translate back to her. Otherwise, she's not going to know what the hell was going on with me. She said whatever it was that upset me. Um, and another thing, um, can you explain more what you meant by um, sizing a woman up? Because I noticed that, I, I mean, all men really do that. All men like okay, we size her up. She looks. I want to. I want to sleep with her. But is it just that, or are we trying to say there's more to it than that? When we look oh, at hips definitely. and the yeah, yeah, because I, I noticed the the more fine hips, the more curved thick thighs. I'm kind of like okay, never mind her right now. <laughs> I want to. I want to know her name. 
Well, oh, yeah, that, that's just part of the process. But, yeah, definitely it, it is something that men look for because, again, men are visual. So because you are visual, you're looking for those things that attract you. Um, some men like them thick. Some men don't like them thick. And, and it sounds like in your experience the thick ones were awful. But, you know, that's of course that's not always the case. But, you know, when I talked to the men and got the results from men, um, I just want to share some of the things that they said that they looked for in a woman that they wanted to marry. One of the first things they said was no drama. Now, when I say drama, again, that goes back to the loud talking, the head rocking, the goosenecking, you know, and all the foolishness that comes with being emotional and not able to control your emotions. So they said no drama. Um, a lot of them said they want a woman who was confident, not cocky, but confident. They didn't want her to feel, you know, they didn't want the needy woman who every time he turned around, she has to come. he has to come home because she can't do this. She doesn't know how to do this. I'm afraid, of, you know, he didn't want the needy, clingy woman who, where are you? When are you coming home? What are you doing? You know, he didn't want to be with that woman. He wanted the woman who was independent, confident, um, another thing they said was they wanted the spiritual woman. Quite a few of them said they wanted a woman who was humorous, someone who was fun to be around. You know, so he's, she's my friend. She's not just my wife, but she's my friend. I enjoy being in her presence. Uh, another thing that men said, which was a little, I guess, surprising, but it kind of goes with the independence is they wanted her to have her own set of friends. Now, I'm not talking about male friends, you know, but they didn't want her to be so absorbed with his his life that she abandons all of her friends and all of his friends become her friends. He wants to have his group of friends, you know, his buddies, his dogs, his cats or whatever they call them now, bros, and then he wanted her to have her her girlfriends, you know, so we can have time apart and not be concerned that, you know, we're doing something wrong or we're bashing or whatever. You know, because the men have, you know, they got the man cave, they got the barber shop, they got the locker room where they want to have that man-on-man time. You know, okay, and uh, so that that was some of the things that they had said. You know, that they desired in a woman whom they wanted to commit to, far beyond, of course, the visual aspect. But that is one part of what they look for. I got someone else who wants to come in. Um, it's my house. Do you want to comment? Yeah, uh, just on the uh, overall, uh, she she's putting down some good knowledge. Um, Valerie. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we can mm-hmm. hear you. Yeah, okay. My guest name is Valerie. Oh, Valerie. Um, Valerie's putting yeah. down some good information. Um, just my comment on the, the getting married part. Um, from a Western point of view, Western nations, common law countries, uh, which are mostly Western, particularly here in the United States, if it appears that Many men are not ready to get that marriage license. It's mainly, be, well, from my point of view, it's mainly because dating, getting getting a marriage license state-sanctioned or even just dating a woman just for a little while can be and has been very dangerous for men. Because once you get that that piece of paper called a marriage license, essentially (laughs) the government is in your relationship. Mm -hmm. And 
for men as well as many women, why do you need the state to govern your relationship? Now, here in the United States, the government essentially has replaced the man in the household. If the woman gets upset with the man, she's got several options uh, to put him in his place or whatever you want to call it. So uh, even here in the United States, I mean, there's a bunch of cases where men who have been told by the court, you have to pay child support, and there's a DNA test that is before the judge, and there's no biological connection, and then he still orders it. So it, it's, it's to the point now in the states where you got to be careful. I mean, from a male point of view, black, white, yellow, brown, red, what have you, you got to even be careful about who you even date. So even thinking about getting married it's a whole nother kettle of fish. So I just wanted to throw that in there when it comes to why it appears that men might be slow to getting peace. And if you look at the history of marriage, the phenomenon or the invention of the marriage license, that's the invention of the state that went in cahoots with the Pope and the church to sign off on it, and they both make a ton of money from it. The history of marriage most people, if they just agreed that we're going to be together, we're going to start a family, that was it. The government was not involved. Now, people have that choice of allowing the government to be in there, and if you don't do it, you got this fire brimstone bullshit that really doesn't even make sense. But that's what it comes down to. That's my comment. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Um what do you think, Val? What do you think of what you just heard? Well, I I agree to a certain extent with what he's saying because uh, I know there was a case recently in the news where a man was found liable for paying child support for a child who was not his, and they had proven biologically that he wasn't his. Um, and one thing, you know, whether married or not, one thing that men have to really be careful of, again, is is the woman he chooses to even have sex with, whether she's his wife or not. Because if she should get pregnant, what type of relationship, you know, how's that going to affect the relationship? And, like, my, I have a son. It was important for me to teach my son, one, how to respect women, but for two, if you're going to have sex with a woman, these are the things you need to do. Because women are... Not all women, but some women can be very manipulative. They they want to get married solely for the purpose of being taken care of. They want to, you know, have his babies, and especially when you start talking about celebrities and athletes, women intentionally try to have his babies for no other reason but to get to his money. Those mm. aren't the type of women who I address. I'm not addressing the gold diggers, the skeezers, and whatever other names they have for them. The groupies, I'm not talking about those women. I'm talking about the quality woman who is really looking for a relationship. Now, if, of course, every state is different um, when it comes to divorce, but the thing is, if you have taken the time to find the right mate, you're in the right place and he's in the right place, you can communicate effectively, you know, and you've worked through a lot of the issues and you're willing to work through future issues, hopefully divorce isn't an issue when you come further down the line, whether you got paper or not. I've been married for 21 years. It hasn't been easy. Uh, meh. But, you know, we committed to one another, and although we had the paper, our commitment wasn't so much to the government. Our commitment was to one another and to God. We made a promise that we were going to 
stay in this thing for better or for worse, sickness and in health, you know, all that stuff. But I do agree that men are cautious. You know, they um, have been burned. Again, it's the thing about being vulnerable. I don't want to be, I don't want my money vulnerable. I don't want my kids put in a position of vulnerability. I don't want my heart, my feelings vulnerable. So they are careful. They're very selective when it comes to a woman whom they choose to marry. But, again, if if you're married and you're unprepared, if you don't understand the dynamics of marriage, if you don't understand that marriage is about compromise, it's not just about take, 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 it's more about giving. If you give your all in making your partner, you can't make somebody happy, but if you give your all to satisfy the needs of your partner and they give their all to satisfy your needs, you know, it's it's a very selfless relationship. A lot of people go into it selfishly. So you have the problems. Okay. You will have the divorce. Again, it's about it's about being prepared. It's about understanding yourself, understanding the person you're with, taking your time to connect with the right person. Okay. Okay. Um, we still have. All right. I I think that's Freddie making noise. Freddie, did you want to say anything else? Or um, I'm actually I had my phone on mute. Um. I was just listening. I don't know what that was. Maybe it was it's my house. So okay. somebody was making sounds. It was one of you guys. Okay. So um, did you want to say anything else, Freddie? Um, not really. Um, uh, oh, okay. I did want to say one thing to Miss Valerie. Um, I I wanted to. What else do you tell your son um about when? Because I know that some of my one of some of my friends. They mm-hmm. will make sure if they have a son, and some of them have sons now, obviously they want their sons to respect women. Um, mm-hmm. When they make the mistake is they, they tell them about the, you know, the, the how to treat women and how to be nice to them, but they don't tell them all the vultures and hornets out there. And I'm just using just like kind of a different mm-hmm. language. But um, <laughs> how do you tell him to avoid, what is something, how, how do you tell him to avoid some of the, some of the minute drama that he, women might get him in. That, right. That well, mo- a lot of women don't tell their sons that you're going to run into mm-hmm. this. Like, what do you what do you get into? Right. I tell well, mine. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm playing. I said I tell mine. Oh. I, I, and I definitely told my sons. I raised two sons um, for 12 years by myself. And when my boys were three and five, they started asking me about girls. They wanted to know about sex. So when they started asking, I started answering, and I didn't sugarcoat it. I think a lot of people want to, you know, uh, not say vagina and penis. That's your private parts, and and that's her, you know, that's her cookie. Uh Uh-uh. Call it what it is and teach them effectively. Now, one of the things that I did with my sons was it was important for me to not only tell them about, you know, respecting women and, you know, the whole chivalry thing. If you see a woman who's cold, give her your jacket, opening the doors, walking on the outside, on the sidewalk. I told them all of those type of things. But what I also did was I told them about the women who would only want them for their money. And one of the things I specifically told my son, first of all, you know, I preferred that they not, of course, have sex, but I can't control that. I couldn't control myself. How can I control them? So what I did tell them was, okay, you when you go to have this relations with this woman, first of all, you take your own condom, 
You don't let her bring nothing to the party. Mm-hmm. You put your own condom on, and then you take that bad boy. You don't put it in the trash. You flush it down the toilet. You put a rock in it or something in it and make sure it floats away. And I told him why, because women are, again, manipulative. And what? And if you see a man who has quality, a man who's got a degree, got money, got his stuff together, because they are few and far between, just like, you know, men have a hard time finding quality women, women have a hard time finding quality men. So when a woman finds a man whom she feels is, is quality, she's going to try to capture him with the only thing she has available to her, which is her goodie and having a child by him. So I told my son, Make sure if you're going to lay with this girl, make sure I want you to stop and think, is this somebody I would be willing to spend some time with if I should get her pregnant? Because it happens. Okay, you put on the condom, the condom breaks. You get excited, you forget the condom. You know, and they're not 100% effective. So make sure that she's somebody you feel would be a decent mother to to your children because they are manipulative. They will take turkey basters. I don't know if you have Being Mary Jane playing out there, but. I was, mm-hmm. I, it was hilarious to oh, me yeah, when that. they had that, yeah, and then even in the game, because this was, these were the things I was cautioning my sons against. In the series The Game, there was a girl who took a turkey baster and was trying to um, inject herself with his semen. So you have to be careful. Or, you know, I told my sons that some girls, the reason why I tell them to bring their own condoms to the party is because some girls will take pins and tacks and poke little holes in the condom. Nothing that you can see with the naked eye, but it's little holes in there, so you think you're good and strapped, and you're not strapped. It, it, it's a front. You think you're protected, and you're not. So you bring your own condoms to the party. If you need some, you don't have any money, you let me know. I, w- I used to stock my one son. I used to keep his drawer stocked just in case. And every now and then I go in there, oh, yep, he didn't use the couple. Okay, I need to restock. So it was important for me to have open communication with my son so that they didn't feel embarrassed about talking to me about sex or asking questions. And, Mom, what do you think about this girl and what's going on with her and why is she doing these things? Because I was, and I am a very logical woman, I, I'm i an engineer by vocation, I teach college math, so I spend more time on the left side of my brain, not that, I'm not, emo- not that I don't have emotions, but I'm able to keep them in check for the most part. And so they um, learned from me the type of thing. So when I'm talking about relationships, I'm talking to them on the logical level. You know, don't 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 make sure that even if you tell a girl, cause my one son, he hates that I tell this, but his whole thing is, Mom, I tell the girls that I'm not, you know, trying to be in a relationship. If you want to have sex, we can have sex, but I'm not going to be your man. You're not going to be my girl. He said, I will tell them that, and they're like, okay. But then I had to explain to him, Son, even though you're forthright with them and honest about what you're doing, in their minds, they're going to try to change you. They are going to try Mm. to convince you that I'm the one. You need me. You love me. I'm the one you need. So even though you're coming forthright and being honest with them, I need you to understand that from her perspective, emotionally, she's still going to try to get with you because quiet as it's kept, even though a woman may give herself to a man initially without really having any feelings for him, as time progresses, if she continues to have relations with him, sex, eventually her heart's going to get involved. It's just how we're wired. Her heart's going to get involved, of course, unless, you know, she's doing it for the money and this is her job, and I'm talking about, you know, prostitution or something. But if she's got the same guy over and over again and they're spending time and then they're having sex, her heart's going to get involved. 
So despite the mm-hmm. fact that you told her you're not going to be my girl, I'm not going to be your man, you know, don't come. If you want to go out, we might go out sometimes. But, no, you don't get to drive by my house and just pop over. No, it ain't that kind of thing. When I want you, I'm going to call you. Even though you tell them that, in their minds, I'm going to change them. So understand from an emotional perspective that women are going to be different. She could say, yeah, I got you. I'm cool with that. Let's just do this thing. But in her heart and in her mind, she, she's got other plans. So it's important for me to communicate to him, to them, the emotional aspect of women when it comes to dating and relationships as well. So that's how I prepared them. Okay. Um, someone in the chat room asking, what about the father? You know, what what is the father's role, I guess, in, in all of this? When it comes to a father teaching his daughters, the father is a daughter's first love and a son's first hero. So as a father, it is important for him to love his daughter, show her love, show her what it means to be valued and respected. Tell her that she has worth, you know, make her feel beautiful, tell her she's beautiful, spend that one-on-one time with her. I even tell, you know, my male um, clients that take your daughters on dates, and I'm seeing this a lot on Facebook now, and I think it's so cute, and I talk about it in the Goodie Box book. Take her out on a date, you know, and, but in that date there are subtle elements to teaching her how she, be, she should be respected. First of all, you know, when you take her out on a date, you and her mother have discussed the date. So it's not some joke we're just pulling up, you know, doing whatever. You know, he gets he gets dressed, whatever he's going to wear. You know, she puts on her cute little attire because my daddy's coming to take me out. He comes, he picks her up. He's not sitting in the driveway blowing a horn, come on out in the car. You know, he picks her up. He's opening car doors. He's opening restaurant doors. He's getting her seated. He pays for her meal. You know, he entertains her, whatever it is they're doing. And then when the date is over, he takes her home kisses her, maybe on the forehead, the cheek, maybe on the lips. She goes to her room, he goes to his room. There's so many subtle things that he teaches her when he's dating that a lot of these young ladies don't get. I mean, I see women all the time. They pay for his meal. We're going out on a date, she's paying for the meal. They, you know, her gas needs to be pumped. Instead of him getting out pumping the gas, he in the car blasting the music, she out pumping the gas, shivering in the cold. Who does that? Well, well, well. You got you got this new concept now that guys have that they don't even pay for dates. I mean, I don't pay for dates. She has to pay her money. She has to pay her half, and there's a whole load of drama. You have to be on blog talk mm-hmm. to pick it up, right? Oh, but, uh, I believe you know. What What is that? You know, um, well, and that's because we, mm-hmm. we teach people how to treat us. So if you allow a man to uh, supposedly take you out on a date and you're you're paying for the date. Now, again, I don't have a problem. If I'm going out with a guy, if I call a guy, you know, somebody I know real well, whether we're dating or hanging out or whatever, hey, you want to go get some ice cream? I invited you. I expect to pay. Just like if I was calling my mom and said, Mom, you want to go get some ice cream? I'm going to pay for the ice cream. Now, but if this is a date, and that's where there's the, the the bridge has been divided. Men see relationships or dating differently than women. So a woman may say, "That's my man. He's my boyfriend." And he's like, "No, I'm not. We, you know, we just hanging out." So from his mind, we're not dating. You're not my girl, so I shouldn't pay for the date. We're just hanging out. We're just two friends, you know, doing our thing. You pay for your food, I pay for my food. 
Because, again, you do have the women who will order the most expensive stuff on the meal just because it's the only opportunity I'm going to get to have me some, you know, fresh lobster is when somebody else pays for it. That's not a quality woman. But if the women have low standards and low expectations and allow a man to treat her that way, he will treat her that way. So if my thing is if we're really going out on a date and my expectation is you're going to pay for the date, I'm going to get that clear up front. We're going to communicate. And if you're the guy who doesn't pay for the date because that's not what you do with your women, and I see that uh, I'm trying to have a relationship with you, but you don't think enough of me to pay for my meal, okay, then that tells me I need to quit trying to spend time with you. Not that you're a bad guy, but you're just not the guy for me. So I'm not going to waste any more time with you. And same thing for the guy. If he's dating a woman and all she wants him to do is spend her money, spend his money on her, if that's not what he's about, that's not what he's trying to do, then she's not the one for you. I mean, we have to we have to take responsibility for what we allow and don't allow. That's that's my stance on it. Hello. Yeah, Valerie's here, but I I don't hear Miss Ebony. Is this Freddie? This is Freddie. I appreciate your comments. Um, because oh, what you, you know, thank what you. you share, well, what you share was honest, and I think oftentimes what happens with women is when men are honest with them, they don't want to believe it, they don't want to hear it. Oh, that's not really what they think. That's not really how they feel. He's not walking away because he doesn't want to hurt me, or he needs to get himself together. He's walking away because he doesn't love me anymore. So it's it's, it's good that you shared that information, and I hope that the female listeners. Um, received what you had to say and believed what you had to say because you were honest and you fell right in with what the results of all my research um, came up with. That's that's how men are. It's not right or wrong. It's just different. We just have to learn to understand the differences and work through them. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because well, uh, it's something that she said earlier uh, about an hour ago because I had been uh, in between. I've, I've been that guy in between jobs. I've been that mm-hmm. guy where I wasn't doing anything, uh, trying mm-hmm. to find what I wanted to do. And I'm about 30 now. So like, right now I'm like uh, just getting back into dating. And right now I'm like I'm in the Navy. So uh, trying to get my new career going and finding someone who is compatible with me, it's been kind of something new to me because uh, I was just – because I've been um, – Focusing on my career in school for a long time, so mm-hmm. uh, so uh, I I fall into that I fall into that uh, category of men who just shut everything off and just go mm-hmm. back to the drawing board. Well, let me ask you this: What have you have you defined within yourself the criteria for what you're looking for in a woman? And beyond the physical attributes, what type of things are you looking for for a woman whom you would consider wifey material? Mm. Um, one thing I would consider someone who is just kind of self-sufficient, um, just self-sufficient. I noticed that uh, some women can, I'm from California, but uh, some mm-hmm. women can be kind of needy. And when you see a guy who's just um, uh, kind of just, uh, I can be very welcoming, very inviting, and that's mm-hmm. digging me in the ass a couple of times. I can, I can mm-hmm. just be that type of you. It's just like I just help because I don't see anything. I don't see it beneath me. 
Uh, mm-hmm. So I just help it. It's kind of like, okay, she needs to have her own, and I need to be just – I need, mm-hmm. I got to be on guard a little bit because uh, people have taken advantage of just because I was too accommodating. Mm-hmm. But that's good that you recognize that. So as a result of your past experiences, you're like, okay, I know that I need someone who is somewhat, like you said, self-sufficient, independent, confident, has their own, not not needy because those type of people – have taken advantage of you in the past. So so that's that's a that's a and I think that's good for any relationship. You know typically when you have someone who's needy, they're gonna attract someone else who's needy. Now you have two codependent people who aren't functioning well individually or collectively. So that's a good thing. What other type of uh um characteristics? I would say my other thing would be someone who is kind of just has emotionally who's just kind of emotionally Emotionally healthy, like she doesn't mm-hmm. flip out every two seconds and doesn't come mm-hmm. back and get back into her logical mind because, mm-hmm. like, because I noticed that there was like two women I was talking to before I left for the service. They were, it was the first one. Um, she would talk to me, but she wouldn't try to talk to me to to get my opinion on things. Sometimes she would mm-hmm. act out. Um, she be mad, and then she'd be sad, and then she'd be emotionally distant, just see how I would react. And eventually, mm. just hope, and hopefully, she would see that I would cave in and just give up and do whatever she wanted. I'm just Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.